Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of Design Curious Podcast. I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. Today on the podcast, I have another great interview with Robin White of RDW Design Studio. She is a wonderful website designer who specializes for interior designers. So you're going to really love today's episode. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind you, if you didn't go back and listen to last week's episode, to do that because I have developed a new quiz just for you, the listener, to find out what type of interior design you should be doing. And I kind of go into detail about the four different possible responses you might end up getting. And I would love to know your results as you take the quiz. So go check that out. The link is in the show notes. And now let me tell you a little bit more about Robin White. She is the owner and founder of RDW Design Studio, a boutique website design studio located in Cape Cod. Robin offers a refined website design experience for clients who value quality and want a strategic, sophisticated, and simple website design so they can book more premium clients. Doesn't that sound good? (laughs) Robin specializes in helping interior designers, architects, and builders, stagers elevate their websites so it reflects the high quality work they provide and so their business has the online home it deserves. Through her impactful and strategic website design, she positions her clients as the premium choice by making the right first impression online. She helps her busy clients go from overwhelmed to overjoyed with their websites by taking care of all of the techie stuff without the techie talk. Through her supportive, streamlined, and stress-free design process, Robin designs websites that are not just beautiful, but allow her clients to show up online with confidence and attract their ideal clients. That's exactly what interior designers are looking for. So let's hear from Robin. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, And if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Robin. Welcome to Design Curious Podcast. Thanks for coming. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm super excited. So am I. And it's a very important topic, especially for people starting out, but also for seasoned designers. So before we get into all the ins and outs of website design and all the things that you do, why don't you give us a little story about how you got into this career? Oh, sure. That's a great question. I actually owned a previous business. It was a dog walking business and we needed a website and we didn't have the funds to hire a professional to do it for us. So I took a lot of time and learned how to do it and built our first website and actually found that I enjoyed doing it and went back to it probably, you know, twice a year and kind of updated it and redesigned it, really started enjoying it. A friend reached out to me and was like, I'm starting this business. Can you do a website for me? And I was like, sure, why not? And it sort of just evolved from there. And I was looking to wind down the dog walking business and move into something else that could be done that was not location specific. I was like, well, why not web design? And 
started it and it just took off. Wow. <laughs> just from yeah. starting on doing it on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Things happen for a reason. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's really funny. It just kind of morphed, morphed into a business for me. Wow. So that is kind of a shift. Did you have any experience designing graphic design or anything like that before you just kind of jumped in? None whatsoever. I am completely self-taught and I have to say I am a learner at heart. So okay. I am forever signing up for courses and learning mm. more about ways that I can do things better. So yeah, just, you know, completely self-taught. Nowadays, there's so much out there on YouTube and classes that you can take, you know, just trying to improve every day on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Since, you know, we talk a lot about career development on this podcast, how were the steps as you started your career in website design? Because that's very adjacent to interior design, being a yes. designer. And what were the steps that you took to kind of grow your business? Sure. So, when I was first starting out, and I think this happens to people in all different industries, you don't know what you don't know. Because I was coming at this as a career change, I was fortunate enough to have income from my previous business. Mm. So I hired a coach from the very beginning. Smart. Because I know how important coaches and mentors are. And they can just get you to where you want to go so much faster. Sometimes when you're right out of school, that's not necessarily a possibility for you. But because I had an income, I was running both businesses for, you know, side by side for a while, I was able to, to do that. So that really helped me move forward in terms of all the things that you don't learn when you're just learning a skill, for example, mm -hmm. so how to run a business. You know, I had already run a business, so I understood the legal side of it and forming a business entity and contracts and everything. Sure. But the marketing and branding part of it was something mm -hmm. that this coach was instrumental in helping me mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. So figuring out niching down was something that was really important. Okay, and yeah. when I work with my clients now, I always talk about who is your ideal client. Mm -hmm. So you know, my coach actually suggested working with the pet industry because I had come out of it. Sure. Um, and she's like, it's low hanging fruit. You know it. But I really <laughs> wanted a clean break and I left it because it wasn't something that brought me an enormous amount of joy. Yeah. So I decided I kind of took a look at things in my life that I really liked doing. And mm -hmm. your audience is going to cringe. I love watching HGTV. <laughs> I now understand that this is a completely inaccurate representation of what interior designers do mm -hmm. and how their businesses are run. But since that was something that I really enjoyed doing in my free time, I was like, well, why don't I niche down into working with interior designers? Mm. And I set about basically learning everything I could about the industry joined tons of Facebook groups that for mm. interior designers and actually spent time in there reading the posts and the answers so I could figure out what your struggles are, you know, mm -hmm. where you need help and really learning about the different services, what the process is, things like that, mm -hmm. so that I could be uniquely equipped to 
work with you, understand mm -hmm. what your website needs. And, you know, now when my clients come to me and they're like, yeah, I offer full service interior design. I work with builders and I do designer by your side. I understand exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, I know what those are. It's definitely helped a lot. And because it comes from a place of interest to me, mm -hmm. it's been really kind of fun to learn about it and mm -hmm. niching down is really, I believe, what has grown my business because mm -hmm. I know where interior designers are so I can be there. I've learned what their struggles are with their website so I can address that in my marketing and my mm -hmm. messaging. You know, I don't need to be on certain social media platforms because they're not there. I know which ones where they are. I know right. how they would search for what I'm offering online so that mm. can help with my own SEO. So mm -hmm. that niching down has really helped grow the business mm -hmm. tremendously. So focusing on my brand has been huge, you know, understanding what it is that, how it is I want people to feel when they interact with me. What is it that I stand for and mm -hmm. having that come across visually and written as well mm -hmm. has been instrumental too. And it's all a process. It's not something that, you know, you wake up one morning and you know it, it takes time figuring out what makes me unique from all the other mm -hmm. website designers out there. That was a hard one for me. And then once I'm you sure. finally come up with it, it's great, you know, but these yeah. are all things that I went through myself to grow my business. And I work with my clients on because I can't design a strategic website for you without mm -hmm. that foundational work. Right. Right. Yeah. So you had to do that work yourself. And then also your clients need to be doing that work. So they need mm -hmm. to work like a brand specialist or someone who's going to have them dig down deep and really answer what their core values are, what's their mission, and why are they doing design? What makes them stand out from other people so that you can convey that through the website? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also knowing who's their target audience. And, mm -hmm. you know, let's just take an age bracket, for example, which is just sort of one of the things you want to look at when you're defining that. If I'm designing a website for 20 somethings, it's going to need to look and function very differently than if I'm designing for 55 plus. So let's mm, say yeah. it's a interior designer who is working with older people whose kids are grown and out of the house and they are moving and downsizing. You know, if we want to drill down and get that specific, the website's going to need to look and function differently than if it's for somebody who's right out of college. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because a lot of maybe designers might come to you and be like, I want a beautiful website to show off my portfolio, but they're not necessarily thinking about their client. They're thinking about what their peers are going to say when they come and visit their website, you know, because they wanted to, to impress their peers, but really it needs to be talking to your client. And if you have older clients, they might not navigate the website the same fashion that a 20 year old would. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to that point, I would just say it doesn't matter what your colleagues think of your website. Oh, yeah. They're not who's hiring you. Exactly. Um, what matters is what your ideal client thinks of your website. I'm of the mind that your website should be beautiful. 
Mm -hmm. and also a strategic marketing tool for you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. while we want the design to be stunning and to highlight the beautiful images of your work, also want to make sure that it's delivering a fantastic user experience that we're guiding potential clients on a journey from curiosity to conversion. So we have a strong call to action mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that the content, the words, the copy on the website is going hand in hand with the design and speaking directly to your target audience. A beautiful yeah. website alone is great. It's a great starting point. And often I think that's what happens when you first start out. And then when you're ready to move on to the next iteration of your website, that's where the strategy can start to come in. Okay. Really good. So what are the must-haves for an interior design website then? If, if someone's starting out and they're like, okay, putting my shingle out there, I've got very limited photos, but what, what should I put on my website that's going to yeah. draw my client? So when you're just starting out, I think there are five pages that your website should have. So okay. a homepage, an about page, a services page, a portfolio page and a contact page. Mm -hmm. So you want your homepage to be clear and concise and share what you offer, how it's going to make your client's life better. So how you help them, what problem are you solving for them and what do they need to do to buy it? Like what's the next step? You want your about page to be unique to you. What sets you apart? What makes you unique and special? And share a story. And I would just say everything that you're writing on your website, you want it to be about your ideal client. So positioning mm. you and how you help them. To that end on your services page, you don't want to sell the service. You want to sell the transformation that your service provides. Okay, yeah. And your portfolio page you want to highlight your best work. Now, when you're first starting out and you don't have jobs under your belt, my suggestion is take photos in your home. You designed your home, create mood boards, layouts, renderings. Maybe they're for make-believe projects. Nobody has to know that mm -hmm. in the beginning. If you have a client and you have like a coming soon project, maybe you can do something around that. And then as you start to get projects under your belt, you can start adding those into your portfolio and taking out, you know, the earlier things. Mm -hmm. And then you want a contact page that has your contact information, location information. I would say testimonials, you want to have splattered throughout your website. And if possible, I always recommend professional photography because it really does yeah. make a big difference. It really does. Yeah. Early days, I would take some of my own photos <laughs> I took a, mm -hmm. and we had to take photography as part of our major, but it just wasn't the same. <laughs> I mean, a professional. It just isn't. Yeah. And I always say with everything in your life, business and personal, you're either going to spend money or you're going to spend your time. Mm -hmm. So you can spend money and hire a professional photographer, or you can spend your time and learn how mm -hmm. to do it yourself. But even then they're coming in with that special equipment and the lighting and like the amazing camera that 
you're not going to invest yeah. in. And it's yeah. always going to be a higher quality. Mm-hmm. So I realize yeah. in the beginning, that's not an option, but as time goes on, it's definitely something to invest in. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for a website. You can invest your money and hire a professional, or you can invest your time and learn how to do one yourself. Like you did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you turn I mean, it into you're a always, you're, you're always trading one or the other. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. no, I did a DIY website starting out now because I'm, you know, turning into a dinosaur now. I feel like I've been doing it for a long time, but, you know, 15 years ago, I felt like a lot of the designers who were established in my area, I mean, they had some of them had white websites, but not all of them had great websites and websites was just becoming a more mandatory thing. So I used a template and had very basic layout. And I had a lot of people say, wow, your website was great. Like it really showed me a lot of information. And, all, and I think just because I was younger, I had the advantage of like really knowing how to manipulate a website and what I was looking for. But now it's just like, you need to have the next level but website. I feel like you just can't mm-hmm. get a template and plug and play. I think it's really worth having the professional do mm-hmm. it for you. Yeah. I think so too, but I think there is a time for that. Again, when you're just starting out and you don't have an enormous amount to invest, mm-hmm. I think a template or DIY can be a great way to get something up there in the mm-hmm. beginning because you need something. I mean, a website today is like the yellow pages 30, 35 years ago. Like you have to have one. Yeah. Um, I think (laughs) if you don't, potential clients question why you don't, they might think that maybe this is a hobby for you and not an actual serious business. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's important to have something out there. Mm -hmm. Hiring a professional, I think to do a custom website for you is something to, I mean, it's great if you want to do it first thing, but I will generally recommend waiting a little bit because again, like what I said before, in the beginning, you don't know what you don't know. And oftentimes so much about your business and your brand can change in those first two years Mm -hmm. that sometimes it can be smarter to wait, hold off and invest Mm -hmm. in a custom design a little bit later on when, Mm. when you have the clarity. That's a really good point. Yeah. Do you offer some advice for people who are trying to DIY their website? Like, can you, do you do any consulting in that area for? I do. Yeah. So there's three different ways that my clients can work with me. So one is custom website design. The other is I offer website template customization. So Mm -hmm. I have templates that I've designed and rather than just selling the template, what I do is I have a resource library in Google Drive that the clients get access to, Mm -hmm. and it has sort of video guides and written guides and forms to fill out. And then they submit all of their content to me and I upload and format everything into the template for them and launch it for them. So they don't have to worry about any of the technical things. Mm -hmm. So that makes it a little simpler. And then I offer website strategy boosts are what I call them. So it's a 90 minute Zoom call where we can discuss any aspect of website design that they need help with. So that's really more for either the DIYer or somebody who's got a website on a platform that I don't work with. So I specialize Mm -hmm. in WordPress. 
Right. But if you have a website on Squarespace, for example, what your website needs is exactly the same across all platforms. Yeah. So we can go over everything, but you would then implement it yourself. Okay. So yeah, on that 90 minute call, do you do a, like a website audit too? Like if they were had something already and they want can. you just kind of cast your eye over it. Mm -hmm. I sort of take the lead from my clients. So we okay. can do, you know, if they are stuck on their homepage, we can spend the whole time on their homepage. Um, okay. If they want, you know, a quick audit of all the pages of their website, we can do that. If they want suggestions on how to improve their layout, on colors or fonts, mm -hmm. on copy, on, you know, anything, mm -hmm. we can talk about search engine optimization. So it's really wherever they're struggling and they need the most support and mm -hmm. they can schedule as many sessions as they want to. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What would be some of the common mistakes that you're seeing maybe that pop out in these sessions? Oh yeah. That's such a great question because I do see the same mistakes over <laughs> and over again. So mm -hmm. the first one I would say is making your website all about you and not mm -hmm about your ideal client. I'm going to okay. say that's the number one mistake I see. And that's really more of a content mistake, not a design mistake, but it's mm -hmm. so important. There's so many times where it's all I, 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 and it's all about where you went to school and your, why you love interior design. And that's important to have in there. But what's more important is to find something about your background, your experiences, personal or work, whatever it may be, that makes you unique, that will resonate with your ideal client. What's more important is showing how you solve whatever problem they're struggling with, mm. selling the transformation of your services. So making it all about them and not all about you. Right. Okay. That's number one not being consistent with your brand. Let's say you've got a great logo. Now, a logo is not a brand. I'm just talking brand visuals here. Sure. So let's say you've got a lovely logo and it has some colors in it and some fonts in it. And then you go on your website and you use all different colors from your logo and all different fonts. And then you go on social media and you use all different colors and all different fonts. And in your print, it's all different colors. That's so inconsistent. And what clients are looking for is consistency that helps build trust. So using the same color palette across all of your marketing platforms, using the same fonts across all of your marketing platforms, being consistent with your brand and your website design is super important. Another big one I see is not having a clear call to action oh, um, yeah. and a call to action. It's also called a CTA if anyone's ever seen it referred to like that. But I like to explain that as think about what the primary goal of your website is. What is the number one action you want visitors to take? There's no right or wrong answer. It's unique to your business. For most interior designers, it's going to be to contact you schedule that initial discovery call. So you want to have a clear call to action pretty much on every page and post of your website, gently guiding visitors to take that action. Because if we don't politely let them know what we want them to do, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. So that's something really important to do and a mistake that I see a lot. 
I'll just say on that call to action is even outside of the website, it's hard to remember to do that because like you need to have, like, I didn't have it in my lead magnet, just Mm -hmm. be like, send my lead magnet out. And then the end is like, just tied up with a bow, but there's no, like, if you want to work with me, you know, now you can schedule a call or even interacting with my clients too. Like you kind of have to put those things in there, like asking for a review or asking for a referral and things like that. You can't just assume the client is going to automatically willfully take the next step. They might not know what it is. So yeah, having that clear and concise CTA on your website. So important. Yeah. And to add on to that, Rebecca, you know, having a call to action in all of your social media posts, which Mm, ideally is driving traffic back to your website. Yeah, that's right, Robin. Yeah, (laughs) super super important. A couple of technical things is some other mistakes, not being mobile responsive, meaning that the design shifts to fit different screen sizes. So it works on a desktop, laptop, tablet, cell phone. That's Mm. very, very important and a mistake I see. Having your pages load slowly is another mistake I see, and that's really important to have a quick page load time. Two reasons, Google likes it, so it's good for SEO, and your Mm -hmm. clients will like it because we're all impatient. We're all in a rush, and nobody's going to sit there for 10 seconds and wait for your page to load. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important technical thing. You want your fonts to be legible. That's a really big mistake I see. Script fonts are wonderful, but some of them are hard to read. So they Mm -hmm. need to be used really sparingly. You want to make sure, especially in your body text, that it's dark enough. Don't use like a light gray on a white background so we can't really read it. Make sure it's big enough. You know, think about those sorts of things. Finally, I would say confusing navigation. And by navigation, I mean your main menu at the top of the page and how your whole page is laid out with buttons linking to other pages. You want to make it as simple and easy for visitors to find the information they're looking for. So don't have, you know, 10 items at the top of the website in your mm-hmm. menu. It's too confusing. You can have a secondary menu down at the bottom of the page in the footer for the less important, the non-money-making pages, let's say, <laughs> <Yeah>, right? <okay. laughs> that's um, good. You know, if you have a resources page, that can go at the bottom of your website. You know, that's just something nice to have, but that's not making you money. Services should be up there. Also, don't be cute in the words that you're using to name your pages in your menu. If you have a blog, call it a blog. Don't Mm. call it thoughts or journal. Use what's conventionally known just to make it super easy. Because again, everyone's in a rush and they're going through quickly and they just want to find the information they want. Yeah, that's good to remember because sometimes I think interior designers might get bored of the conventional and they want to, you know, make it look better or (laughs) spice it up a little and... And really you're doing a disservice. So my suggestion for that, (laughs) Rebecca, is let's say you want to call your blog journal. Mm -hmm. Call it blog in the menu, but on the page, you can call it journal. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. Same with your about page. Call it about, 
in the menu. And if you want it to be meet the team on the page, that's mm -hmm. fine. But about is one short word and meet mm -hmm. the team is three words. So it takes up a lot more yeah. space in the yeah. menu. So just think about that. You can still be creative, but use conventions in the navigation. Okay. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> Give us a little more liberty to, yes, yes. to be creative. Okay. Well, what are some questions that a designer starting out should maybe ask before hiring a website designer? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's important to realize that to get a really strategic website, you're going to be investing your time and your money it's not going to be a two week turnaround time. So yeah. you want to make sure you're asking potential website designers really good questions because you're going to be spending a couple of months with them. So you want to mm -hmm. make sure that they know what they're doing, but also that you have a good rapport with them and you like their personality because you're going to be working closely together because for it to be successful, it really needs to be a collaborative effort. Same like with interior design projects, you know, you need the feedback from your clients, you need information from your clients, same thing for web designers. Yeah. But some of the questions and things to ask them when you're doing like an initial discovery call with them is what platform do they specialize in? Your audience has probably heard of Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, there's Shopify, Webflow, Showit. There's lots of different platforms out there. Some designers will use several of them. Some will specialize in just one. Some platforms are more DIY friendly. Some platforms are more difficult because with that difficulty comes more customization and mm -hmm. flexibility. Okay. So you really want to ask about that. You want to know what their process is. And that's a really telling question because if they stammer and don't have a process, I think that definitely says something. Mm. The same way most interior designers have a pretty set process of how they work, yes. website designers should as well. You want to find out what the timeline is. You know, um, how does this all fall into place? You know, mm -hmm. when you contract with them, how far out then are we launching the website? So mm -hmm. asking mm -hmm. about the timeline. Obviously you want to find out what the cost is and what's included with that. Some website designers are going to include an awful lot of support, a lot of calls, a lot of emails. They're going to handhold you through the process and some mm -hmm. will not be available. Some are going to include certain aspects of SEO or search engine optimization. Some are not. So that's really something to think about. Some might include branding and copywriting. Some might not. So you really want to find out exactly what's included. How many pages does that include? all those sorts of things. Okay. You want to have a look at their portfolio. Website designers have portfolios just like interior designers and you want to see what's their style like. And just like interior designers, what website designers are putting in their portfolio is A, their best work and B, the kind of work they want to attract more of. So take a look carefully at that and see what their design aesthetic is. Does it fit in with what you think you want for your website? Mm -hmm. And also read testimonials. They should have them on their website. They should have them on their Google business profile. So definitely read through those. And, you know, you'll see certain words will appear over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, something that my clients say about me all the time is organized. 
process because okay. those are really important things to me. Yeah. Are those things important to you, right? Like see what's coming up over and over again. Mm -hmm. Have they worked with your industry before? Mm. That's a really important one. I think so too. Yeah. You know, there's some website designers like me who specialize in a specific industry and there's others who will work with anybody. So then realize you're going to have a bit of a learning curve with them if they don't have a really good understanding of your industry. It doesn't mean they can't do a great job for you, but it's just something to think about. Mm -hmm. And another thing to ask is what are they going to need from you? What okay. do you need to provide to them? I always tell my clients, like, I'm not a mind reader. So like, I don't know what your services are. You know, you need yeah. to tell me, I don't know who your ideal client is. So I do a lot of strategy and very close work with my clients in my beginning strategy and prep phase. Then I'm equipped to actually take all that information and design, you know, something that they'll love, that their ideal clients will love, that will be strategic mm -hmm. for them. Okay. Great. Wow. A lot of parallels to a client <laughs> hiring a designer, an interior designer and a mm -hmm. designer hiring a website designer. Huge but, number of parallels. Yeah, it's really funny because I hear a lot from my clients. Oh, I love your welcome packet or, Oh, I love the way you do your process. You know, can I take that? And I'm like, Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just, just modify it for interiors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, exactly. that's great. Oh, well, so much great information. So where can people go to find you if they want to work with you? Sure. So you can find me on my website, which is rdwdesignstudio.com. I'm also very active on Instagram, and that okay. is RDW Design Studio. And if you follow me, you'll see I post at least one tip every week on Tuesdays. And I often do an awful lot more than that because I just love sharing the knowledge. So you have it if you decide to hire someone, you kind of know what they should be doing. And if you decide mm -hmm. to do it yourself, you know what to do. Great. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for coming on the show today and just sharing all of your great insight about websites. So important for new designers and seasoned designers. I mean, we all, it's something, how often do you think that you need to update your website? Mm, that's a really good question. So I would say there isn't really, in my opinion, one clear answer to that. A lot of it's going to depend on how timeless of a design you've used mm. or your designer used. So it's one of the reasons I stay away from trends mm. so that it can be a timeless and classic design that's going to stand the test of time. So probably every five to six years, you're going to want to do like overhaul, okay. but websites should be updated on a very regular basis. Mm -hmm. And things that you should look at to know whether it's time to make some updates are, has your ideal client changed? Have any of your services changed? Do you have new projects that should be added to your portfolio? Do you have new client testimonials that should be mm -hmm. added in? Um, yeah. Do you have new photos of projects? Things like that. Is the photo of you on your website up to date? Mm, so you yeah. want to take all of those things into yeah. consideration. And Rebecca, I would love to offer your audience a gift if I could oh, yes. mention that, that to them. That would be great. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. I have something called an instant website upgrade. And since okay. you mentioned lead magnets before, it's yeah. actually my lead magnet. If 
your listeners send me a link to their website, I will actually do a personalized video giving them two changes that they can make on their website that will have the biggest impact to transform their website. And wow. they can sign up for that on my website. So mm -hmm. if they go to rdwdesignstudio.com slash website dash upgrade, they'll mm -hmm. see a little form to fill out. And a couple of days later, they'll get a video from me. Fabulous. That's a really great offering. Wow. I hope everybody takes advantage of that. That's very generous. Okay. Well, thank you, Robin. I'm so glad we thought of those last few things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank All right. Thank you well, so much, Rebecca. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Robin. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I actually did get a lot of good information from her. And following our interview, I did sign up for her website audit. And she gave me some great feedback information and things that I could implement immediately. And it was really useful to have. So go check out her offer, which I think is really generous. And you're going to get so much from that. And then if you're looking for a great professional website, I would definitely look at Robin as a source for that. Like I said, all of the information for contacting her is in our show notes, as well as all of the links that you need to take the design quiz to see what type of design you should be doing or download those freebies that I offer of information about the things I wish I'd known before starting my career and the roadmap to interior design. So a lot of great information for you. So you're going to want to go to my website, rwarddesign.com, check out the podcast section, and then get all of the links in this episode's show notes. There's so much valuable information there. If you've never gone, you should go and check it out because my podcast manager includes almost every single thing that I talk about, any thing that I mentioned, a link or two, and it's all there in one place for you very conveniently. So go check out the show notes, rwarddesign.com forward slash podcast. I'd also would love for you to leave a rating and review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and help me really know that I'm reaching the topics that you would like me to cover on the podcast. So do all of that and stay around for another great interview next week. And until then, stay creative. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com, or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.